Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. be a spiritual breakthrough for you. <laughs> Those online, you can do that to your family as well. I must really thank Pastor Tony for having the courage to invite me on stage. You don't know what you're expecting. Uh, I know Pastor Tony uh, since uh, many years ago, and I love this pastor. And I want to thank Covenant EFC because when my uh, sister was going through a difficult time, uh, she your church really helped a lot, the pastors, the leaders. So please give your leadership a round of applause. <clears throat> On behalf of KUS, Church of Our Saviour, and Pastor Daniel Wee, we send you greetings, and thank you for the friendship and partnership. Now, since this is my first time, right, I'd like to show you my family. This is my 5C family, all right? In fact, there's a 6C, of course, Christ is there. Uh, my name is Chris, my wife, Catherine. I have three children, Chloe, Charlotte, and Caleb. I always tell people that my wife is a superwoman because when my first child was given birth, she can make milk closing her eyes at night. All parents are superwomen. And then when my second child was given birth, she can close her eyes and make milk with one hand. When my third child came, even better, she can make milk with the leg. How does she do that? Because she will hold the baby with one hand and then lift up the leg and then start kicking me and say, it's your turn now, I've been doing it for many years. Huh? So uh, recently I've been telling my, my wife, you know, I've been telling people, you're my superwoman. She said, don't tell them that, just tell them I'm your wonder woman. I said, both are superheroes, what's the difference? She said, because I'm always wondering what you're doing, where you're going. Huh? You know, uh, Chinese New Year is a time where we rejoice and celebrate and unite with our family members and relatives. Some of us, it's really exciting because you get to see people that you have not met for a long time, but some people shine away from such meeting. But definitely, today, you'll be bringing a lot of things in your hands, right? You'll be bringing oranges, goodies, and uh, young people who love to have something in your hand, and that is... Ang Pao, right? And to many young people, to have Ang Pao, that's good news. And today, as we think about having good news in our hands, we must also remember we have good news to tell people. You know, there's a story about this uh, cheeky little boy who actually talked to God and asked God, you know, Chinese New Year is here. God, God, what is uh, a million years to you? And then God said, well, a million years is like one minute to me. And then the cheeky boy said, God, then what is a million dollars to you? And then God replied to him and said, oh, it's just a dollar. So the boy said to God, why don't you give me one of your dollar in my ang pao? And then God said, sure, just give me one minute. <laughs> and many of us are reminded that the ang pao that you have is not the beauty of the red packet. It's the content. Turn to your neighbor and say content. It's the content that's inside that is 
more important, right? And the Bible says this in Romans 10, 14 to 15. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. And praise God that God has put the gospel in our hands so that we can have beautiful feet to carry the good news. Amen. And this Chinese New Year, I think God is charging us to continue to preach the good news. I love the story of D.L. Moody. He was an evangelist. And during one meeting, a man asked him, how many souls have you led to Christ tonight? And then D.L. Moody said, two and a half. And then the man said, two and a half, you mean two adults and a child? And D.L. Moody replied by saying, no, two children and an adult. And the man asked him, why so? He said, because for the adult, half the life has gone. <laughs> and some people say this, you know, our lives are like candles. One day it will finish burning. And I want you to know how it burns and how it brightens others depend on who is holding the candle. And that's why someone says this, if my life is in my hand, it is pain and problem. If my life, it is in God's hand, it is power and possibility. Friends, this morning, we are reminded to let our lives be placed in God's hand. And when you place your life in God's hand, God is going to place in your hands the gospel message, the good news. And today, we want to be reminded that the church has this mission Mission to make a difference to people. C.S. Lewis once said this, The church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make them little Christ. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. We have a very uh, good friend of ours, Canon J. John, from the Anglican Church, and he used to say this, church is simply put like this, look up, look in, and look out. Because when you gather together, we look up to worship God. But as we spend time together reading His Word, we have to look in so that we look into our well-being and nurturing. But that is not the only things that we do in church. We need to look out because that's the witness. And he said this, while not many are evangelists, we are all called to do the work of an evangelist. So turn to your neighbor and say, you have to do the work of an evangelist. And to this, I ask of us to turn to the book of 2 Timothy 4. We're going to read about seven verses. I want you to know that God has charged us to do the work of an evangelist. While you are not an evangelist, we have to do things evangelistically. In a sense, when you cook, in a sense, when you teach, in a sense, when you are a student. How so? In creative ways, God can let us be so. So let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read five verses first. Verse 1, Paul says to Timothy, I charge you 
Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Now, you know the word I charge you in the original Greek is much more serious. I would imagine my, my wife often would use this tone. Excuse me, Chloe Ho <laughs> You know, when mother used the full name, <laughs> it's quite scary. When my mom called me Abeng, I'm okay. When the tone raised about a few octave higher, Abeng <laughs> or Christopher Ho Chi Beng, it sounds very serious. And uh, my wife always... Uh, Tell my daughter, you know, can you please clean up the mess? Can you please clear that pile of clothes that's sitting on your table? And before the presence of the whole family, she will say that. <laughs> and here is Paul in his old age, writing to young Timothy and say, I charge you, I charge you. There is a solemn and serious connection to a call to witness. I charge you before God. The King of Kings, the one who created the entire universe. Before him, I charge you to preach the whole counsel of God. Preach the word, preach the gospel in season and out of season. Why so? Next few verses says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Three things that we can learn from this passage. First of all, tell them. The Bible says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. There are many ways to tell people, but you got to tell them. You got to share with them. You got to be a witness. We are witnesses of God's grace and mercy, and in our lives, we can actually tell them our story. I have uh, many encounters with many well meaning Christians who come to me and say, You know, I cannot share the gospel really well. I do not know how you do it. I do not have the creativity that you have. I say, Why don't you just tell them your story? How you come to faith? And, and you can tell them wherever you are. You know, many years back, just before COVID, I was actually trying to help some of my staff slim down. And it was a, it's not an evangelistic uh, motivation. But however, I decided, you know, one of our staff was coming to me and say, hey, can you teach me some of your exercises? I said, sure. Let's meet at a stadium just opposite our church. It was just two of them. And as we were doing, you know, some of these exercises, <laughs> uh, some of the old ladies that were walking around there came to us and he asked me, are you a coach? I say, well, sort of. <laughs> and before you know it, every Wednesday, we have more and more aunties joining us. And I thought to myself, I better change the exercise I'm doing to make it easier for them. <laughs> And so while more and more aunties come, we will always start the morning exercise with prayer and end off with prayer. And uh, we have some of the aunties uh, initially not joining us. They will say, oh, these are the Christians. But slowly, these are the aunties that tell others about us. They say, oh, join. they're very friendly. You know, you just join them. 
and one of them will from far call me, Musu, Musu, Zao An. And uh, before uh, we, 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 we left the place, she will always say, Today, are you going to pray for us? <laughs> and they are not Christian. And she will say, Kan en, do do? Kan en, do do? I say, do, 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 do. And you know, with all the interaction, we start to realize that people are drawn to Christ. Just tell them, tell them your story, behave normally. <laughs> you know, I love to run. I run a lot. And uh, last year when I was posted to St. Andrew's Cathedral, I, I loved to run around the bay. And one of the mornings before our clergy meeting, I called up some friends and one of my friends brought a non-Christian friend that morning to come and run at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> and then he whispered to me, hey, I brought a non-Christian or someone who has not heard the gospel. And then I said, okay. So as we were running, I was uh, getting to know him and, uh, because I can run quite well and he was panting and hafting, uh, so he was a captive audience. <laughs> Cannot do much, right? So I was running. <laughs> he was panting, and I said, "How are you?" He said, "Ah, oh, tired." <laughs> and so as we were running, I was sharing my testimony with him. And after we finished, I asked him, "So how do you, how do you find my story?" He said, "Ah, oh, very interesting. Do you want to become a Christian?" He said, "I thought he was going to say yes." He said, "No, not yet." <laughs> uh, but the surprising thing happened is that that weekend I invited him to church. And it was just one week before the, uh, the Good Friday, and one week before Easter Sunday. And I was preaching. And I invited a few other friends, my climbing friends and other friends to come to church. And, I, and as I was preaching, I was preaching to my friends because I really want them uh, to hear the gospel. I was asking them passionately, come forward and receive God's love. And as I was looking at them, I was not really concentrating on the friend that uh, I ran with just one week ago. And I thought, I've shared with him already. But that morning, together with his parents, they stood forward and they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Wow! And I thought to myself, that the people that you thought would come to Christ immediately sometimes don't. But the people that you thought, you know, they, they may not respond, would. And so I thought to myself, you know, when you share, don't judge who is going to come to Christ. Just tell them. Tell them your story. Find opportunity to tell them your story. However, your story must have content. Uh, you must weave the gospel message in there. I know that many people love to receive ang pao. I remember giving out an ang pao and forgot to put money inside. <laughs> and uh, I was quite... Uh, embarrassed by that, but many of you would say the same. If you receive a very nice ang pao, but there's nothing inside, it devalues the ang pao. <laughs> and so today we want to know that as we share the gospel and tell people, remember to share your content with conviction. Paul tells the church, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And there was a story about a young country bankim who wanted to be a preacher. And so he applied for a job at a church. And the board interviewed him and asked, can you tell us the story of the Good Samaritan? And he said, yes, of course I will, and I can surely say. 
He said, once there was a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked him. And as he went on, he didn't have money, and he met the queen of Sheba. And she gave him 1,000 talents of gold and 100 changes of raiment. And he got into a chariot and drove furiously, and when he was driving under a big juniper tree, his hair caught on a limb of that tree, and he hung there many days and many nights. The ravens brought him food to eat and water to drink, and he ate 5,000 loaves of bread and two fishes. One night when he was hanging there asleep, his wife, Delilah, came along and cut off his hair, and he dropped and fell on stony ground. When he got up and went on, it began to rain. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And he hid himself in a cave and he lived on locusts and wild honey. And he went on and he met a servant and said, Come, take supper at my house. And he made excuse and said, No, I won't. I have married and I can't go. And the servant went out into the highways and the byways and compelled him to come in. After supper, he went on and down to Jericho. And when he got there, he looked up and saw old Queen Jezebel sitting down up, way up at the window. And she laughed at him and said, throw her down there. And he said, throw her down again. And they threw her down 70 times seven times. And of the fragments that remained, they picked up 12 baskets full, beside women and children. <laughs> A lot of content there, but out of context. Content must be understood with context and rooted with conviction. We need to understand the gospel message well enough so that we can weave into our daily lives, our story. And if you have gospel in your hands, of course, there are many ways and methods to share the gospel online. You can find using your fingers. But the most important part of it, I think, is for us to understand five simple points. First of all, to share with our friends, that God is the wonderful creator, and to share with them that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and to tell them that sin has brought death, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life, that God has sent His own Son, only Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth incarnate as a human being, to live among us, walk among us, and he was crucified and he died and he rose again after three days. And because of that, we can receive salvation in him and we have this choice, to make a choice whether to follow him or not. Friends, if you know the gospel well enough, you can weave in into your story. So today, as you go visiting, find connection. No content, but find connection. Get the right vocabulary. I realize that I need a dictionary these days to talk to my children. They are teenagers now, and then they are saying things that I don't understand. You know, I used to think that, you know, you say wicked means good. Huh? But I said, what's, what's that? I said, dead. Dead means funny. Slay means stylish. Woke means aware of. And I, I you know, they say, wow, that's the good, good. I said, I want to be the sheep of God, not the goat. He said, Daddy, that's the greatest of all time, you know. And many of us, maybe you have not become woke yet. <laughs> you know, I have to look at all this tin dictionary and understand what is dope, what is fire, what is go off, what is Gucci. It's not just a brand. Uh. You see, all these young people, they are laughing because many of us do not have the right vocabulary to talk to them. And we judge them, we criticize them because 
We thought that that's not right. I used to tell uh, some of them, I'm not a boomer, you know, right? No, you are very boomer. <laughs> so find the right language. And for the old folks, I'm a Chinese pastor, Chinese language are beautiful. And for those of you who know the origins of Chinese language, it's in pictogram. And many of these pictures represent something and gives a hint that the gospel message is there. I take, for example, the word fu, if you can write fu, you know, there's a si zi pang, which is actually, or we call it shen zi pang, which always represents God, all right? Anything to do with this pang, this figure, this character, it's got to do with God. And fu has a yi kou tian, right? And so people thought of it as abundance, you know, if God bless you, and then you have blessing. But in the original picture, the si zi pang is on the right, and then on the left, it is actually someone offering and uh, uh, setting up an altar before God. And so fool has to do with worship. And isn't it interesting when you start to explain this to the old folks about Chinese culture, they would really listen to you. So find connections, understand your content. So tell them. Number two, show them. Turn to your neighbor and say, show them. Ephesians 4, 1 to 2 says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, worthy of the calling that God has called us to be with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So this morning, it is not a sermon you really want to listen to only. You really want to see a sermon and you carry the message of Jesus Christ. And people are reading you. You are the Bible they are reading. And there's a poem I love very much. It says this, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eyes are better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. The best of all preachers are the men who live their creeds, for to see good put in action is what everyone needs. I soon can learn to do it if you let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action and your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you deliver may be wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do, for I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. Conduct must come with consistency. Imagine someone working in Samsung, but always using iPhone. Someone who is cheering menu and wearing Liverpool T-shirt. Your walk is as important as your talk. And therefore, Paul charged Timothy, and then he said this, the time will come when people are no longer patient enough to hear all the teachings that you have. And then he said this, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Don't become distracted. I think many Christians are distracted by the little things in life, the things that easily offend you. And many of us become hypocritical. And so friends, God is reminding us to bear real fruits, and when you go around visiting, God is reminding us to bear real fruits. There's a story about this boy who was always running out to play secretly. Just outside the window, there's a tree. 
He will climb out the tree and then leave the house. One day the father said this, you know, this tree has been there for so many years and it's not bearing fruit. I'm going to cut it down tomorrow. And so the boy heard it and got really afraid. So went to the market, got some apples and started sticking on the tree. And the next morning, the father woke up and said, Dear, guess what happened? I just said the tree was not bearing fruits. And this morning, I saw all the apples on the tree. And what is most amazing is that I thought I planted a pear tree. <laughs> you know, real fruits grow from the inside out. You can, you can behave like a Christian, but you don't bear fruit. And God is reminding us, as you tell them, you need to show them. You need to show them. There's a testimony uh, many years ago when I was actually asked to pay a visit to my friend's father. He was not in Singapore. His father was uh, diagnosed with third-stage nose cancer. But before I visited him, he warned me and said this. He said, my father is very uh, angry with Christians. Once he took a broom and drove a Christian leader away from the house. And he said, when you visit him, be careful. I said, okay, be careful. So instead of going alone there, I brought my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law was also diagnosed with nose cancer, second stage. So I thought, maybe I'll, I'll bring my brother my brother-in-law is called Bernard, and the uncle I'm visiting also Bernard. So when Bernard meet Bernard, I think there will be good news. Lah. So I, I brought him there, and, and true enough, the first thing that he told me, Uncle Bernard said, don't tell me anything about Christian faith. I said, no, uncle, we are here to ask how you are. And so I sat there, and he started talking to my brother-in-law because they were talking about you know how they deal with cancer chemotherapy and all and and every time he turned to me and he said you know you christian if your god really can heal me i will become a christian immediately i will even wash the toilet i said well <laughs> i say god can heal you someday next time or maybe uh it's maybe not during this season right i say i'm not god uh, but the more we talked about it the more we discover how he was actually, he got offended by some Christian whom he felt were, were hypocrites. But to cut the long story short, within three years, I, I would just go up there, buy some milk powder for him, care for him, show him that I care. And one day I invited him to a Chinese dinner. And it was an evangelistic dinner. Actually, he could not understand any single word that the preacher preached. But I went there and I said this, Uncle Bernard, so how? He said he was very happy that day. And he said, yeah, I'm very happy. Thank you so much. I, I just am so touched. I said, so how? You know, the preacher said, you want to become a Christian, you can do it tonight. He said, okay. La. I said, really? <laughs> I started to doubt myself. There's no content everything. <laughs> and so I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I, I want to be a Christian. And so he accepted Christ. I thought to myself, I'm not sure whether he really accepted Christ. <laughs> so he got in touch with his own son, and then another church baptized him. And then I thought, wow, that's amazing. And so after a few months, I thought of him again, and I wanted to check on him. So I called him, Uncle Bernard, how are you? He said, wow, I, I'm not good. My cancer is spreading, and I'm dying. And, but you know what? Every time I go to church, I cried. And he said this, I'm ready to go back home. Wow. And I went to the hospital just two days before his death. And the Uncle Bernard I saw that day 
was very different from the Uncle Bernard I saw right at the beginning. Before that, he said, I'm scared to die. If your God can heal me, I will be a Christian. But the Uncle Bernard, just two days before death, said this, Chris, you know what? I'm ready to meet him because I know I'll be completely healed in heaven. Praise God because that's the power of the gospel. Friends, don't just tell them. Show them. And finally, give them. What do we give them? We give to them our very lives. Because Paul says in verse 6, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So compassion must come with action. We cannot just talk about evangelism. It is more felt than told. It is more your action. We should be moved not just into compassion, but into action. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says this, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all. And those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So don't use business as an excuse not to care. Don't use guilt as a motivation. Just because you heard this message, you feel guilty. Use love because you love, because God loves you. And that's why you want to share. You know, I love my wife very much. And my love language is always, you know, words of affirmation. I wish you can tell me I love you a lot more than I have told her. One day I went to her, you know, do you feel love? I say, oh. say, you know, we love to watch the Marvel movies. And she will always tell me, wow, that, that Captain America, very handsome. And then I told her, because his name is Chris. Ma. <laughs> so I tried to train and do I look like Captain America? He said, I don't want you to be my Captain America. I want you to be my Iron Man. I said, Iron Man? Iron Man cannot see the face, you know. He said, go and iron my clothes, Ken. <laughs> I don't need, I love you very much. Just iron the clothes, wash the dishes. I feel love. So compassion must come with action. Live service is not true understanding. And we need to understand that when Paul was charging the church, charging Timothy to preach the word, you know, he ended up by saying this. He said, my young Timothy, my mentee, you know, I have given my life for the sake of the cross. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And he asked young Timothy, flee from youthful passion and pursue righteousness. And then in 2 Timothy 2 verse 24, he said, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Stop debating about the gospel. The gospel is not something that you debate about. The gospel is good news. It's something, it's, it's like to me, giving nice bakwa, you can smell it before you hold it. <laughs> They will smell you, they will see you, and they will feel you. And when you have compassion that comes with action, it comes with kindness. And that's why the verse in 2 Timothy 2, 24, it says this, The lost servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind, kind to everyone. 
able to teach patiently enduring evil. I love what Mother Teresa says. Not all of us can do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. With great love. I just want to share with a last story uh, about another encounter when I was sharing the gospel. You know, there was a time where I went to a small little shop, was trying to get souvenirs. And uh, these souvenirs, you have to carve the... I, I carved some verses because I want to give to all my friends and colleagues. And so I, I bought quite a number of it. And so the person who was helping me, she said, you come back, sir, after an hour. So I came back after an hour. She saw me and she was quite terrified. She said that, sir, I've actually carved some verses wrongly and some colors wrong. Can you just accept them? I said, wow, wrong verse. I, I can't accept. So, so I said, I can't, I can't get this. And he's and she said this, if you don't do this, I have to buy them all. And yesterday I printed a wrong t-shirt, I have to pay for it. And I, I took pity on her. And I said, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll buy all of this. And then you help me redo another set and I'll pay for it. So we went away and I was chatting with my eldest daughter and she said this. She said, wow, daddy, quite poor thing. Uh. I said, yeah, Lord. So what are you going to do about it? She said, we should buy some chocolates for her. I said, oh, that's a good idea. I said, you go and buy he said, no, I just suggest to you only. <laughs> I said, no, your suggestion come, must come with action, so you go and buy. So she bought the chocolate, went back to the shop, gave the chocolate to her. And she was so happy. And I thought to myself, maybe I should just share a little bit of the gospel. As I was sharing with her, I, I told her, do you know what grace is? And her eyes lit up and said, yes, this is grace. I did something wrong. You did not scold me, you paid for it, and then you bought chocolates for me. That's grace. I said, that's grace. <laughs> I didn't know that, you know, there was a gospel message in my action, but there is. And so friends, this Chinese New Year, remember we are extending grace. And, and you know, I have three children. When they were young, my wife would normally not put them just with me alone because I get distracted <laughs> by many things. Say, for example, if I really got distracted and one day my wife came to me in the mall and say, hey, where are the children? And I turned to her and say, oh, I don't know where they are. <laughs> and I got distracted. And I said, let's go for, look for them. And so we went around the whole mall. Finally, we saw Chloe. We hugged Chloe. And then we saw Caleb crying alone. We hugged Caleb. <laughs> we hugged Chloe. And then after that, <laughs> You know, the security guard came and said, we're going to close the mall because it's getting late. Now, if you are the father like me, would you say, well, out of three children, I got back two, not too bad. <laughs> you won't say that, right? You will be telling the security guard, stop, you cannot close the mall because I still have one daughter who is lost. You will go around the whole mall and you will tell everybody you're not going to close the mall because my daughter is lost and she needs to come home with me tonight. And that's the conviction that God is wanting us to have. And as you go forth today, go forth with the Word of God. And as you go forth today, remember that God has put the gospel in your hands, in your heart, to be given out to everyone you meet today. So shall we all rise? And let's close with this song, People Need the Lord.
to remind us that it's not just the wicked, the poor, the, those we judge as people who, you know, really need the Lord. There are people around you, your relatives, your friends, your neighbours, your own parents. They need the Lord. So Father, we ask of you to stir in our hearts, Lord, this Chinese New Year. That we will be patient, we'll be kind, we'll be gracious, we'll talk about your love. We'll tell our friends about it, we'll show them what Christian faith is, and we'll give to them our very life. Lord. Because more than 2,000 years ago, you gave us yours. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.